Hey everyone, it's Jess. Thank you for listening, and I hope everyone is staying safe and healthy. Last week I released the first episode at Missing at 5280, and you heard the story of Rita Gutierrez Garcia. After I recorded her episode, school closures and a lot of other changes started to happen due to COVID-19. Some people have gotten very ill, some have been buying things in unnecessary excess, and others have lost their jobs for the unforeseeable future. In these trying times... Emergency response, nurses, and healthcare workers are our front lines. They are so important to our survival right now, and I can't help but notice there's just not enough of them. I would like you to know there is one man who should be here, on those front lines, helping others like he had dedicated his life to do so, but he vanished July 23, 2016. Eric Prock was born June 24, 1991, to Denise and Randy Prock. He had one older brother, Marcus. The family of four has always been close, taking road trips to go see his great-grandmother in California. And like most families here in Colorado, they enjoyed camping trips, kayaking, hunting, and almost all of the extended family lived here in Colorado as well. It was just an all-around amazing childhood with a close-knit family. They could count on each other for anything, He grew up in Westminster, Colorado, attending and graduating from Stanley Lake High School, right behind Marcus. It was after graduation he set his mind to be an EMT. Less than a year later, he had obtained his goal, but still wanted more out of the medical field. He went on to become a certified paramedic through some rigorous training and classes. He finally landed his dream job in South Park, Colorado, even being picked out by a supervisor to teach CPR classes there. While simultaneously still working shifts at American Medical Response, or AMR, out of Denver, Colorado, he was living with a friend in Aurora, Colorado, when he met and started dating Pretty Law, who is of Middle Eastern descent from what seemed to be a good family, are close-knit, and owners of a liquor store in the Denver area. In the beginning, it was a great match. Besides a short rough patch where Pretty was not happy with how much time Eric was spending with his friends, but their relationship progressed and they moved in with each other after buying a condo together at the Lakewood Vista condominiums in February 2016. They got engaged on March 21st, 2016. Everything seemed perfect. Less than six months of living together, Eric would vanish, and there would be no trace of what happened to him besides an empty beer can left in a trash can. This is the story of the night Eric disappeared, in his parents' own words. Well, someone else's words, technically. This is the story that we kind of call it the pretty law story, because that's who told the story, and this is from her uh, account of the, the whole night. We weren't there, um, but he worked late. Um, he had a call on the way. Him and his partner were on the way back to, this was at Mountain States, uh, which is here in Denver, so they rolled up on a accident that there was nobody had responded to yet, so they stopped and helped these people out. So that's the kind of person that Eric was. Um, it wasn't their district. They weren't called to it, but he saw it, and so they felt like they needed to do something, and so they did. They stopped and helped these people. 
So he was supposed to be at the party at seven at seven, at seven o'clock, um, and so the party was basically um, just a few friends. Um, it was basically meant to get a friend of Eric's, Caleb, um, together with Pretty's sister Priyanka. Um, they had met only briefly once before, and so they kind of wanted to get him together, um, Priyanka and. Caleb. Yeah, it was just a little get together. Yeah. yeah. So, what time did Eric end so up getting there? He got there about twenty to late. Yeah. So, um, uh, what? So when Eric got there, uh, they had already been drinking. So they thought they would. Pull, she pretty thought she would pull a prank on him and and try to make it like a surprise party. So they all hid in the little spare bedroom. Well, when you walk when you walk by there, um, then um, you can see right in that window. So Eric saw them all, so <laughs> it wasn't any big deal. So as the night went on, uh, Eric was texting with one of his friends in New Mexico, who he worked with at AMR, who and moved moved down to New Mexico about, hey, are you going to come to my wedding um, this fall? And or actually next fall it would have been September, September of 17th was when they were planning on getting married. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, as the night got later, I don't know what time everybody else left. Was about it 10:30. about 10 30? Um, everybody left except for pretty Eric, uh, of course, they lived there. It was their condo. Then, uh, Priyanka and Caleb. So it was down to those four. And during that, Priyanka brought up the Black Lives Matter um, argument, and uh, we're not 100% sure. One of them, some of them say it didn't get heated. It was just uh, a discussion. And some of them say it did get heated. And I, so we don't know who to believe. But during that, Eric's point was, you know, I, he was afraid, not really afraid, but his point was what happens if he gets mistaken as a cop because they're wearing the blue uniforms just like a cop. Um, so is he supposed to not show up to these because he's afraid that uh, somebody might shoot him? Because at that time, you know, that was kind of one of the big... So it's an all, all lives matter versus black and lives. Very much so. That's right. exactly where and, he was coming from. And, yes. Yeah. And so, he's a first responder. Right. And so, and Eric isn't a bigot. Our family isn't that way. Um, he wasn't raised that way. So, um, but. And you'll know why Randy said that here in a little bit. Yeah, because uh, anyway, that was the, so it was Caleb and Eric taking that stand against Priyanka and Pretty, and so their point, she pretty actually told Eric that, uh, goes, you know, maybe look at my skin, which she's, she's an Indian, so she's darker, complected, and so she goes, if, if you're such a bigot, then maybe we shouldn't get married. And so then, uh, Eric grabbed trash and was going down to a dumpster. Um, 
there was a dumpster right below. Oh, we went to the bathroom, and then he came back through, grabbed the trash, and walked down to the dumpster. Pretty followed him down, and they continued to argue down there. And he told her that, you know what, I need to cool off. I'm just going to take a walk around the complex. And uh, she told him at that time he had a beer in his hand. And she goes, well, you can't walk around without that with that beer in your hand. So he threw it in a trash can that was right there and uh, walked off. And her story is that he was barefooted. Little socks. Yeah, yeah had, had socks on, and that was it. And uh, everything he left with was supposedly his wallet. Um, he didn't leave with his keys. He just had his wallet, his cell phone, and that was it, and walked out. And that was the last anyone saw from him. Um, they went back up, and what time was that? Yeah, say. so she, she, um, he goes walking off, and then she walks back up, and I guess starts in on Priyanka. I guess um, Priyanka and Caleb went to the living room to watch TV while Eric and Pretty argued in the kitchen. And so she comes back up, and she starts in on Priyanka uh, for starting the argument. And Priyanka and starts to leave, and they're in a, a in a condo, and so they're on the second floor. And so Priyanka takes off out the door. Pretty follows her, and they get to the stairs, and they continue to argue. And Caleb's in the condo for uh, maybe five minutes or so, and he comes out and he says, "Well, where's Eric?" And Pretty said, "Well, he took off." So he just blew past Priyanka and Pretty and went down to the um, businesses to search. And so then... Which are just south of the condo. Yeah, just south, just like right across the street. So he, so went, I, he went down there right away. Yeah, yeah, he went down there right away, and Priyanka followed him. Okay. And then Pretty stayed at the condo, per, you know, what they said. They were down there for like 20 minutes, and then Caleb just takes off. And he takes off for like an hour and a half. And this is all per them. They both, you know, this is actually, you know, stories they, what they've told us. I mean, he told us that he took off and he was gone for an hour and a half. Um, and Priyanka came and uh, got her phone and left. The whole story sounds a little strange so far, correct? I thought so too. But then you hear about the next day and it gets even more bizarre. At about 9.30 in the morning... She did contact Lakewood Police Department and... Only to see if he had been arrested or... Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't get a call till 2.30 that afternoon. And we immediately um, started trying to get a hold of Eric. We're texting him, phoning him, leaving him messages. Um, couldn't get a hold of him, so we started to call hospitals. And I immediately called, and we made it missing persons report. But what did Preeti say when she called his parents? I called you guys at about 2.30. Yeah. Okay. So she called, um, got a hold of Denise, and so the first thing she said was, uh, wasn't, hey, have you seen Eric? But it was, um, Eric and I got in a fight. We had a party. And then explained that he had walked off um, but never asked, knowing how close we were. Right, yeah, for he was even at our house, yeah. you know. Have we heard from him? 
nothing like that. Okay. Exactly. What happened? Lakewood police chalk it up to immaturity. Yeah. Well, I can understand if she's calling to see if he's arrested, because that might, because if somebody's walking around drunk in the middle of Lakewood, I could see that. That was our thoughts, too. We kind of checked with wherever the drunk tanks were. Were arrested or in the hospital. Right. Yeah. She called. Then why aren't you calling us to to see if, you know. He's with you guys. Yeah, we came and got him. And, let you know, and I always thought, well, maybe it's just that she just didn't want to, you know, like, involve us. She was embarrassed. Eric's been missing almost half a day before anyone even calls his parents. Which I guess you're heated, you're in an argument, those might be the last people you would want to talk to. But wouldn't the first thing you ask be, is Eric there? Or have you heard from Eric? From what Eric's mom has said, it just sounded like a call she had to make, not a call in which she was actually questioning about where he could have been. And there had already been so much time in which action could have been taken. Yeah, that's always been the big hang-up was, you know, 12 hours that we could have found him, you know, if we, if she, if we could have just known, or at least, say, by, you know, 7 a.m., you know, but even still, that seven hours or six hours, they're thinking he walked off about 10 to 1. You know, six hours of what, wandering around? In, you know, just in socks? Can't imagine, you know. And there is a gun missing. So it's now 2.30 in the afternoon on the 23rd of July. Denise and Randy check a few hospitals and detox centers in the area before heading down to the condo. They make it there at about 4.30 p.m. and call to file a missing persons report. His last cell phone ping was at 5 p.m. and was still in the same general area according to the cell tower triangulation. This was a later finding in the investigation. An officer shows up at about 7 p.m. to file the initial report. Family and friends had already immediately started canvassing the neighborhood and searching on foot. But these were people who were not trained to look for the missing, and they knew they needed law enforcement. They kept in touch with a missing persons advocate over the weekend, and then still had to push for an officer to come out Monday morning at about 1 p.m. This has now been two full days of waiting. They walk through the apartment and take Preeti's first statement. This was not a thorough search, nor an investigation. They also start to organize the searches that the family had in place, added cadaver dogs and a helicopter. Some of these efforts were made by the South Park paramedics. Eric was to have been back to work for his 48-hour shift in South Park that Monday, and it was not like him to no call, no show. This was a very dependable man who had never missed work. During this time, a detective started questioning other residents, and a man reported hearing a gunshot at about 1.30 a.m., But this didn't seem significant at the time and has never been followed up on. Even though there was a missing 40 caliber handgun and clip given to Preeti for protection while she was home alone, there was a gun safe opened by his parents with the help of the manufacturer because Preeti couldn't find the key until the day the safe was opened, but no other firearms were missing. When Eric was first reported missing, his parents were under the impression that he was upset and drunk and had walked away. 
They had no reason not to believe Preeti's series of events. No reason for distrust, and it seemed like a possibility. Until time just kept going by, and there was nothing. No phone call, no random drop-in as they were waiting on. Then the wedding of Eric's brother Marcus to his new sister-in-law Jerrica happened, and there was still no sign of Eric. His cell phone has never been found, nor his socks or any other clothing he left in. That 40 caliber handgun and clip has also never been found. One day during a hospital visit with a family member, Denise decided to reach out and send a Snapchat picture to Eric's Snapchat, and it was opened. This seemed like something big. October 6, 2016, detectives go to Preeti's condo and get login information and try to look through Eric's computer with Preeti. Nothing was found, but after that meeting with her, the login information was then shared with Eric's mom and dad. November 2016 came around, and Randy, Eric's dad, got a phone call from his brother-in-law, Jeff, who is Eric's uncle that works for American Family Insurance. Preeti was trying to add herself to Eric's car insurance after her family's rate raised when her younger brother turned 16. She didn't want to pay a higher amount. She was denied and became angry. The car that was on the policy belonged to Eric and his mom had co-signed for him, so Eric and Denise were on the title and the legal owners of the vehicle. During the phone call Randy had with Jeff, they discussed the fact with Eric no longer around, the car was uninsured and it was best to get it and have it insured on Eric's parents' policy. Which is when the rift in the Prax and Preeti's relationship started. When trying to pick up the car, Randy had to go to Preeti's parents' house, not far from the condo, and having to reason with her sister Priyanka into having Preeti speak with them. The true nature of her personality started to show. Sort of. She hugged it out with Randy and gave him the car back. But after they reached out to wish Preeti and her family happy Thanksgiving and doing an interview with another podcast, she responded by asking them to stop harassing her, her family, and her character. A tug of war then ensued for Eric's belongings, in which both parties acquired lawyers. Eric's parents wanted his personal belongings, including his family heirlooms. But Preeti refused, saying before Eric went missing, he said she could have all of his things in the event anything ever happened to him. In the end, they lost a lot of his things, including that computer, but were given a boat his grandfather had gifted him. And the ill feelings towards each other started to build. But with this, a veil was lifted from Eric's parents, and they finally started to see what some had been saying was a possibility. Maybe Eric didn't just walk away. Things like the refusal to take a polygraph and Priyanka's ever-changing stories started to raise questions within them. So many more questions kept piling up as the year passed by. Now remember when Eric's parents got his login information? Well, in January 2017, his mom used that to log into his Google account and check the search history and noticed that on October 7th, 2016, someone had googled how to disable phone location in the area of the capital, which pretty worked. I guess it could be a coincidence. That's what law enforcement thought. 
Then, in July of 2017, Jerrica, Eric's sister-in-law, received a message from someone who claimed to be an ex of Preeti. Denise followed up with this man and found out he and Preeti had a volatile four-year relationship where they had lived together, which in itself uncovered a lie. Subtle, but still a vivid memory for Denise of when Eric and Preeti were in the process of moving in together. What's funny is when we talk to Pretty and they're getting ready to move in, she's like, this is going to be so exciting because, you know, I only lived with a college roommate. And here she lived with this guy for four years. But then he mentioned something else. Preeti had been controlling, and they had abused each other. He was terrified of her and her family and refused to speak with law enforcement. But police reports of domestic violence prove his story about living together and how their relationship had unfolded. So maybe things hadn't been as perfect as they had thought. This just added more unanswered questions. It's now been over three and a half years, and these questions have yet to be answered. What really happened that night after everyone left? And where is Eric? There has been numerous searches, including one last month. His family and their supporters will not stop searching. His father, Randy, still posts missing persons flyers around the condos regularly. There is a $10,000 reward for anyone willing to come forward with any information, and they can stay anonymous. Eric Prock is a Caucasian male. He was 25 at the time of his disappearance, 5'11 and about 170 pounds, blonde hair and blue eyes. He also has a few recognizable tattoos. A star of life with the word serving since 2010 on the right side of his chest. The video game character Sub-Zero in blue ink on his calf. An ambulance on his abdomen. The Star Wars character Boba Fett on his left forearm. A Green Bay Packers helmet on his right calf. A crown across the top of his back. An angel on one shoulder. A demon on the other shoulder. The character Michael Myers from the movie Halloween on the left side of his chest. The character Jason Voorhees from the movie Friday the 13th below Michael Myers' tattoo. His last name, Proc, going down one arm. A dragon from the video game Skyrim on his right forearm. And the word Denver on his left forearm. I will be posting pictures of some of these tattoos on the Facebook page along with the disappearance site. If you have any information, please reach out to the Lakewood Police at 303-987-7111 and reference Eric's case number 16-030309. Please help bring Eric home. What do you think happened? And you know, that is the million-dollar question. People ask that all the time, and what's your gut? And, you know... To be honest, there were times I thought, you know, Eric maybe just went off and harmed himself because of everything that was going on. And if, if she broke off the wedding, that may have been just the thing that just, that was it. But, you know, we've never found him. Supposedly he's in socks, you know, and I don't really know.